Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Jar uh, messages are prepared months and months in advance. And, but every once in a while, the Holy Spirit s- starts doing something different. And during this week, nothing was coming together that had already been planned. And I, I did not feel right about it, didn't feel good about it. And I'm just like, uh, what is going on here with this? And, and so uh, I started praying, I started seeking the Lord, and he was obviously up to something else. And, and so I went in a different direction. And, and still, you know, you, you're working on it and, and, and you need encouragement. And um, so I, um, this morning, still a little uneasy, I started receiving texts from some friends and uh, who I'd not shared anything with. So one pastor friend sent me this text this morning. He said, uh, he quoted Galatians 2.20, I, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And then he said, as you lead your people in worship this morning, remember that it's not you doing the leading, but Jesus who lives within you by his Holy Spirit. So lead with freedom, joy, and confidence. And I thought, wow, that's exactly what I needed to hear. I needed that one. And then another friend here in the church, a longtime friend, uh, he sent me a text this morning. He said, just wanted you to know I am praying for you this morning as you prepare for the services. And so God had been putting it on his heart to pray. And then I got a text uh, just before the service. Uh, from Clayton King. He's down in Texas. Clayton's going to be doing our uh, marriage conference. And uh, Clayton texted me. He said, I'm interceding for you right now in my hotel room in in Houston, Texas. God is going to bless your people so deeply and so richly today through your words. You are his vessel to deliver the good news, the bread of life, the living water today. Be bold and filled with faith. And, uh, and I just texted him back and I said, I, I needed that today. And, and so I was very, very encouraged what God was sending me messages uh, through dear friends <clears throat> that were reminding me that I absolutely can trust him. So I come today in this message with incredible confidence uh, in what God is going to say to you through his word. And, and today we're going to end this service with a very special time. So the, the main verse I want to look at is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And um, I'm so thankful for, our, for Jason and our tech team who are used to me changing things up and are very very supportive and very encouraging. I appreciate the way they take care of things for me. Uh, So Ephesians chapter 3, 20. Now all glory to God. Nowhere else, no one else, all glory goes to God. God who is able. He's able through his mighty power that's at work in us, within us. So all glory to God who is able and he is doing a mighty work through his mighty power within us to accomplish, uh, I love this, infinitely more 
than we might ask or think. What God wants to do is beyond our ability to even grasp it. That's the kind of God that we serve. And so when we ask bold prayers and God answers those prayers in a bigger way, a different way, may even seem contrary to our prayers, it's because he's got a bigger picture in mind than we do. He's got more information than we do. And he, I have to get to my, I have to get to a place in my life, and I still struggle with this, that when I pray, that I'm willing to trust God with the way he chooses to answer the prayer. I believe God's absolutely going to answer the prayers, but I have to be willing to trust him that he knows how to answer it. And that's where the faith comes in, and that's where... I want to tell you, when God shows up and answers prayers his way, it is always beyond what we might ask or think, just like Ephesians says. You know, most believers, if we are completely honest, we have to admit that we might not know the, the true delight of praying for extended periods of time. I mean, our culture is one that is busy and demanding. In fact, our attention span has been trained to be short and quick. We've been trained that way by our culture that don't send me a text that takes me more than 30 seconds to read. And we live in a culture that would rather do text because they don't want to get into endless conversation on the phone. We've been trained by our culture to have short, quick attention spans. And so the idea of having extended prayer with Holy God, it's a little nerve-wracking to us. We're trained just the opposite. Everything goes against our spending ex extended period of time in solitary uh, meditation and prayer. And yet, there's something in us that yearns for a deep relationship with Holy God. There's something in us that yearns to know Him on a level that He desires to know us and, and to have with us. And, and yet, we're trained to do just the opposite of what it would take to have that kind of relationship. So one of the goals should be to move from being a spectator of what God is doing and be a participant in what God is doing. And our Lord has given us an example of how to participate in prayer experience. In fact, Jesus prayed all the time. At the beginning of his ministry, Mark chapter 1, the very beginning, it tells us, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. 
That was at the beginning, in the middle of his ministry. We have this recorded in Matthew 14. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. He was so into his prayer, he didn't keep up with the time, didn't even think about the time, and night came. And then at the end of his ministry, he prayed some of the most important prayers. In fact, I believe one of the most crucial prayers that Jesus ever prayed was in the Garden of Gethsemane the night he was arrested. And this prayer was so important. And what made it important was the fact that your eternal soul was in the balance. Your ability to be forgiven of sin was in the balance. Your opportunity to go to heaven or not was in the balance. That's how important this prayer was. In Matthew 26, it says, He went a little further into the Garden of Gethsemane, and he bowed his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible... Let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. In other words, do not go to the cross. Do not die on that cross. And if he has stayed the course on that prayer, you and I would be people of no hope whatsoever. Because we would not have had an advocate. We would not have had a savior. We would not have had our sins forgiven by his blood. We would have had to face a holy and righteous God and paid the price for our own sins, which none of us would have survived. But I'm thankful. My soul cries out in joy the fact that the very next words out of Jesus' mouth were, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Praise Jesus. He prayed those words. That in the sentence where he was saying, can we avoid the cross? He said, I'm willing to go to the cross. And our souls in that moment we're now in a place where we could experience forgiveness and have an eternal home with Jesus in his heaven. The disciples obviously took note of Jesus' prayers. He, they even asked him one time to teach them how to pray. And he gave us what we call the Lord's Prayer but I want to tell you, just reciting a prayer that you can say in 15 seconds, there's nothing magical about those words. They were meant to be an example. They were meant to be the platform to build upon. So just reciting the Lord's Prayer, if this doesn't involve your heart and your spirit, then you're just saying words. So part of the Lord's Prayer was adoration and praise. Our our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. 
Now, I'm, I'm not going to go any further with that particular verse. We're going to come back to that at the end of this message. There was the affirmation and yielding up control when he said, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means that I give up self-control every day. That means that I pray for my wife and my children and my grandchildren. That means I pray for this church. I pray for its leaders, the ministries, the harvest. That means I pray for the community that people would come to know Jesus Christ in a community where 80% plus are not in a church home. And most of them do not know Jesus personally. It is God's kingdom to come and his will to be done for them to know Jesus. And if I'm not praying for those 80 percenters, I'm not praying according to God's will. And then there's provision, there's petition, and there's intercession when he says, give us today the food we need. And that's just not talking about physical food. He's talking about spiritual food. You see, it, to be in God's will, I need to ask myself, all right, am I in fellowship with Jesus? I have Jesus as my Savior, but is he my Lord? And do I have fellowship with him today? Am I in fellowship in the body of the church Am I a part of the fellowship of God? Am I practicing in my daily living the biblical principles? And am I doing diligent the work that God's called me to do? Am I being obedient in my use of time, my use of my resources, my money, my abilities, my giftedness? Am I being obedient in how those things are being used? And then, yes, we pray for specific needs. We can pray very specific to Holy God. He invites us to do so. In fact, he says, keep on praying until you get an answer. See, God may not answer your prayers immediately. He may certainly may not answer them the way you want to. But he always answers. And then we're told by praying, and don't let us yield to temptation but rescue us from the evil one. When I read that prayer, I'm, I always think of Ephesians 6, where it talks about putting on the whole armor of God, the belt of truth. I want to tell you what, if you're not wearing the belt of truth, God's holy word, your pants are going to fall down all the time and you're going to trip over them. You need the belt of truth that girds up, that holds you up. That gives you confidence. The breastplate of righteousness that only Jesus can give you. He's the one that has declared you righteous because of what he did for you on the cross. The feet that share the gospel of peace. In fact, the Bible says, blessed are the feet of those who share the truth of God's word. And you know, the fact that he says the feet implies that you go somewhere to share God's word. You go to the person that needs to hear God's word. If you say, well, I'll share the gospel to anybody who comes to me and ask, well, that's not what that's saying. It says you're the one, you got to get on your feet and go to them to share the gospel. The shield of faith. 
Satan is always firing, firing fiery darts at you, arrows. And a shield, they were made back in the day to put out that fire, to stop that arrow. And your faith is what will protect you from Satan getting to your heart, to your emotions. The helmet of salvation that can only be had through Jesus. The sword of the Spirit, the weapon that we have. And then there's the confession and pardon. And forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who've sinned against us. I like that the forgiven part for, uh, from us to others is in the past tense. God, he's expecting that. And I, I cannot expect God to forgive me if I'm not willing to forgive. And uh, so this means I need to confess all known sins and ask God to forgive me. I need to forgive and release others whether they ask for it not or whether they even acknowledge it or not. In fact, I would suggest to you that many of you have been wounded by other people and they're not even aware of it. Just like you have probably wounded people and they're not aware of it or you're not aware of it, that you have wounded them. Nowhere in Scripture does it say... Forgive if they ask for it. It says forgive. Release them. When you don't, you limit the prayers being answered in your own life. You set yourself up for emotional issues, even physical issues. You rob yourself of joy and peace. And you fill your life full of bitterness and anger. Father, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Now let's go back to that very first verse, adoration and praise. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Last evening, as I was working through the list of various names of God that I wanted to share today, all of a sudden I uh, felt the Holy Spirit tapping me on the shoulder. He said, you know, Don, you, you got an Old Testament scholar who's a member of your church. Why don't you let him come up and share some things? So I called my friend Brian Beyer and I said, are you coming to church tomorrow? He said, not unless you don't want me to. And I said, oh, I want you to. I want you to come to both services. And, uh, and I shared with him what I was going to do. And, and, uh, and I could he hear his excitement about that. And so, uh, Dr. Byer, if you would join me. Where, here he is. He's going to join me up here. And um, I'm so thankful for his willingness to come. And he's just going to share some things about the, the names of God. And what's really cool is he's going to draw a connection to Jesus in these names. So listen to Dr. Byers, if you would, for a moment and as he talks about this. And then we're going to come to a very, very special time in our fellowship. Last night as I was just reviewing again these names that I've read many times, 
the Lord spoke to me and just, just said, this is why you keep reading the Bible. This is why you just keep reading the Bible because it's inexhaustible and you continue to see new things that you hadn't seen. And last night as I was looking at all these different names, I saw those connections with Jesus like i just never seen before and just started to check them off. It's not so unusual that the scriptures would have different names for God because we use our own names for God when we pray, right? We might pray, Father God, if we really need a father when we're praying, or maybe we'll say Almighty God when we are needing God to work in a mighty way, or if we need comfort, O God of all comfort, like Paul says in 2 Corinthians, the context sometimes determines what we call God. And in the Bible, he has many names too because people interacted with him different ways. Just a few that we look at today. Jehovah Tzidkenu, the Lord is my righteousness. That recalls Jeremiah 23 and Jeremiah 33. The prophet Jeremiah was living in a really tough time. Things were not going well spiritually for the, the people of God. But Jeremiah saw a day when the branch was coming, the righteous branch of David, and God would make his name, the Lord is our righteousness, and that's Jesus. Jesus is our righteousness. Righteousness is not, well, I'm not that bad. How's the food? Not bad. No, righteousness is a positive goodness. Kind of connected with that is the next one, Jehovah Makadesh, the Lord who makes me holy or the Lord who sets me apart. That's really what holiness is. Sometimes holiness in our day gets a bad rap. Oh, holier than thou. Well, we shouldn't be holier than thou in the sense that we are smug or self-righteous, but we should live by God's power at a level of holiness that draws attention to him in the eyes of the world. And the verse here is Leviticus 20, verses 7 and 8. I would agree with those who say, well, all the Bible is inspired, but maybe parts are not as inspiring to us. And Leviticus might be like that for you. But there's a lot of good stuff in Leviticus. And in Leviticus 20, verses 7 and 8, God says, I'm, I'm the Lord who makes you holy. I'm the Lord who sets you apart. Leviticus 19.2 says, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. And in 1 Peter 1, Peter picks up that verse and says to the church, be holy like God is holy. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. This one comes from the book of Judges, back in Judges chapter 6, verse 24, where things are going bad, the Midianites are attacking Israel, and the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and says, hail, the Lord is with you. And he basically says, yeah, really? Really? Well, then why are we dealing with those nasty Midianites? And God has to deal with Gideon first, but after Gideon offers a sacrifice to this mysterious messenger who then disappears in a dramatic way, Gideon says, this is Jehovah Shalom, my peace, my wholeness, life as it was meant to be. Now, if we skip ahead to the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's Jesus. So there's Jesus connected with Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shammah. This has become a new favorite of mine. It means the Lord who is there. And in the last verse of Ezekiel, 
tell you. The last nine chapters of Ezekiel, scholars disagree. What do they mean? Are they talking about heaven? Are they talking about a millennial kingdom? What are they talking about? The return from exile. But after Ezekiel describes this incredible city, the last verse of Ezekiel says, and this will be the name of the city, the Lord is there. Friends, that's what makes heaven heaven. It's not the streets of gold. It's not a mansion. It's that we're finally home with God. And Revelation 21 says the same thing. He will dwell with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Jehovah Jireh, that's one we might be familiar with, either from the song or from scripture. Genesis 22, Abraham is asked to sacrifice his son, the son for whom he's waited. And then at the last minute, God intervenes and says no. And God provides a ram that was caught in the thicket in place of, in place of Abraham's son, Isaac. And many interpreters have called attention to the fact that in the New Testament, God the Father essentially lays his son on the altar on the, when he puts him on the cross for us. Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah is our banner, our flag. Exodus 17 talks about that after Joshua defeated the Amalekites. When the people of God were on the way to the promised land, they called the Lord our banner, our flag, our rallying flag. What does it mean to you when you see the red, white, and blue, the stars and stripes? It's more than the cloth, right? Jehovah is our banner. But Isaiah 11 came to me. Isaiah 11 is a prophecy about Jesus, and it says in that day the root of Jesse will stand as a nace, a nissi, as a signal flag for the nations. What flag do you carry? Carry the Jesus flag? Rally people to Jesus? That kind of goes down to your, go to them with the feet that are shod with the gospel of peace. Yeah. And the Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Roi. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus was all over that shepherd imagery, right? I am the door to the sheep pen. I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. David knew it and Jesus fulfilled it. And then finally, our, our focus for today really, Jehovah Rophe, the Lord who heals. In Exodus 15, right after the Israelites were grumbling and murmuring, an experience very foreign to any of us, of course, <clears throat> God appears to them graciously and says, now, if you do serve me, if you are faithful to me, I will make sure that none of those plagues that were hitting the Egyptians hit you because I'm the God who heals you. And in Psalm 103, we read, blessed is the Lord who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases. And Jesus was the great healer, too, and the gospel writers saw it. He fulfilled Isaiah 53. He has carried our sins. He's borne our diseases. And Jesus did quite a healing ministry because he was not only the representative of, but the one, Jehovah, who heals. Yeah. Thank you so much, my friend. You heard eight great sermons packed into a half of one. I mean, each of these are a sermon in itself, and I appreciate uh, Dr. Byer coming and sharing that with us, because the reason I want to go talk about our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, and, uh, and it will, the Lord who heals. 
the Lord who heals. I shared last week, today we were going to have a healing time. Some of you need emotional healing. Some of you need relational healing. Some of you need spiritual healing. And some of you need physical healing. And as we have a time of prayer, you have to willingly choose to accept God's answer to your prayer. And so I've asked our deacons who are going to go ahead and come to the front, and they're just going to spread out across the front and invite you to come to one of the deacons on your own and to share with them, tell them what your prayer request is, to share with them what it is you need healing from, emotionally, spiritually, physical, whatever it is. And then they're gonna pray over you, they're gonna pray for you. And as people come and pray, if you're coming up and there's not a spot available, just stand back a little bit so so they can have that private space. And uh, we had so many that came in the first service, and I believe there are many of you who need to come in this service. And, and let, me, let me encourage you about one thing. Don't think that your prayer request is minuscule, unimportant. Don't compare yourself to someone else. Whatever's weighing on you, whatever's happening in you, that's important to God. And it'd be easy to say, what I'm dealing with is nothing compared to someone else, but it's a big deal to you, and therefore it's a big deal to God. So you come with that request. And so in a moment as I pray, and as I'm praying, you just begin to slip out from your seat, and you go to one of the men, and you pray with, they, you share with them what you need, and they will pray a prayer over you. Now, Father, as we begin to come in obedience, and so many people here are in desperate places, and so we pray for healing, whatever form it takes. We accept in advance what your answer is, because you, you have far more information than we do, and you know better than we do, and... and, and When we ultimately see the answer, we'll go, oh, I'm so thankful you didn't answer it my way. So Lord, as people are coming now, let hearts be open. Let prayers be prayed. You slip out and you come.